Ah, greetings, B-movie aficionados. Hello, and welcome to Couple of Flicks. I'm Tristan. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. And so today we are going to be giving our individual top five favorite films. Um, and just to kind of like go over this one more time, um, by favorite, we're, ta- we're not talking about like the top five films that we necessarily think are like the best as far as being like well-made or whatever, but just oh, yeah. our top five favorite, like personal favorites, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, because yeah. there it would definitely be a different list if it was yeah. that, the other way around. Cool. All right, yeah. All right. Um, and I guess, I mean, we should... Pro- okay. The reason also why we're doing this one now is because of the quarantine break we had, I guess. Yeah. Uh, trying to get the audience to know us a little better. Yeah. You know, give us a little bit of a, our taste and let them know how what we like. And Yeah, because it doesn't yeah. hurt to, like, reintroduce our sort of respective, yeah, styles and opinions and perspectives and stuff so yeah. especially after that long break you know yeah. yeah although i do have to preface mine with my favorite genre is horror but i have one horror movie in mine <laughs> oh good yeah my yeah. favorite is horror as well and i only <laughs> have one one on there uh, yeah. so. my favorite genre is horror as well and yeah <laughs> indeed i only have one on mine as well okay i cool. tried to i tried to yeah. vary some yeah actually the the one i chose is is my number one so same I figure, oh okay good all right <laughs> and yeah i I did spend a surprising amount of time actually thinking about what to choose for this list too this morning so Uh, mine came pretty quick yeah i wanted mine to come quick but i just my first three were easy but then like after that i was like i made like a 10 top 10 at first and then moved stuff around yeah oh yeah i have like a honorable mention section if we get to that yeah, two that I was thinking of putting in, but I definitely have a top five that I would say. Yeah, same. Um, and but, again, it is also hard for like for me. I feel at least it's hard to narrow down even just a favorite movie, just because I like so many. Yeah, it's hard to just say like when people ask me, I usually give them what my number one is, just just to appease them. Like yeah. when I say when you know I meet someone, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm into movies. And, oh, what's your favorite movie? I'll tell them what my number, like, one I have on the list is number one. Yeah. Even yeah. though, I don't know, you know, it might not be my, I mean, it is probably one of my favorites, but yeah. not, maybe not number one. Yeah. I think, I think my number one is, pro- is probably my favorite film, honestly, but yeah. I'd have to think about it. I mean, same, but it's real, it's just real hard to yeah. give just one. It, like, all five of these could be, <clears throat> yeah. except for, well, maybe not all five, but maybe the three or four could be a number one for me. Yeah. So I guess... We'll, again, I mean, this has already been a pretty long preface, but <laughs> we'll conclude the preface by saying that these lists are not final and leave it at that, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so who wants to go first? Do you want me to? Or... I mean, I can go first okay. since mine's pretty, I don't know, basic, yeah. I guess it would be. It's a comedy and it is super bad. Okay. And I just fucking love that movie. And 
I mean, I, I know Judd Apatow by this point's a little worn out, but like this is his first, like, I mean, not his first, but like to me, his best. Yeah. His first biggest best one. And like, I liked 40 Year Old Virgin and Knocked Up, I think, which came before this, mm. I believe. Yeah. But I think this was like, this one just hit home because it came out at like the exact same age I was when Seth and Evan were. <laughs> uh, yeah. Depicted and it just was like just all everything is like oh these guys are like my group of friends just you know ragging on each other just how they talked and how they you know everything was just like yes this is like it's a coming of age i like the coming of age movies as well if they're done well so it's like this was a coming of age raunchy like realistic because that's kind of like that it was like how we talk shit to each other just for fun yeah <laughs> like i know it's, it like, it's like, like you look back on like on those days and it's like oh man gosh what an asshole <laughs> yeah <laughs> still fucking good yeah. like um and like honestly like every line in that movie is like fucking hilarious almost like yeah. it's really hard to like not have a line in there that you, if you don't even just think about for a couple seconds like oh that's fucking hilarious <laughs> like one of just those throwaway bit gags was like uh michael sarah was ditching jonah hill for mm. something it was lunch and he was he was like going to do something so jonah hill was like oh so now i have to eat lunch alone like i'm fucking steven glansberg <laughs> and it cuts to just this guy slowly eating a pudding like a snack pudding thing <laughs> just like, yes that's so fucking random and funny and so spot on of how we were fucking yeah. talk in high school and shit also like for a comedy it's it's got some pretty moving moments in it i felt you know like yeah. here and there i mean because like it is supposed to be like a you know sort of like a goofy like fun entertaining type of movie but at the same time like it does sort of respect the teenage experience to a certain degree too yeah definitely like going into college stuff and it's something that i appreciated actually like more as i actually got into and through college because it was like they're losing their friend like their best friends forever Mm. and then they're losing that mostly because they didn't get into the same college and then yeah i didn't really that didn't really resonate with me until i like lost touch with like almost everyone really yeah. like i still have a couple handful of friends that i never see except for like online and in yeah. games and shit because they all moved away and whatnot but like so it definitely resonates even more so than it did back then yeah um i'm also i'm really glad you brought that movie up too because one of the things that i rewatched while i was in quarantine was the entirety of that series um freaks and geeks Oh, oh yeah. yeah it's so good incredible um and yeah as an adult like as somebody who's like in their 30s i mean we're all in our 30s now but or at least i think i mean uh, are both yeah. Of you? yeah yeah so watching freaks and geeks now being like the age we are or being the age i am it was really interesting and i definitely would recommend it and yeah but yeah i might have to give it a re i've only watched it once so. yeah yeah, that yeah, was too. a while ago. What's what's it stream on Netflix or? Because uh, that's I think where I saw it. But that shit gets taken off all every yeah. month. Something goods off. Yeah. Well, I got the Blu-ray, so uh, I'm not okay. sure what's on stream. But, um, yeah, uh, it, it it holds up really well though. And yeah, oh, yeah. Judd Apatow. Like, 
I feel like Super Bad is probably like the closest he came to making uh, <clears throat> like something that's sort of close to that. I yeah. guess you know. But anyway, when was the last time you saw Super Bad? Years ago. It's been a long time. Yeah. But still great. I yeah. probably should rewatch it. Yeah, like honestly the first thing that drew me in was just like the trailer yeah like the intro like because i just was i don't know like something i was like mm, what's this clicked on it and then it was like you know the very intro it's like the credit scene where they're dancing yeah and it's just the silhouettes on the black <laughs> i was just fucking laughing at that <laughs> and i was like okay what, else, what this looks hilarious yeah. And I dragged one of my friends to it. I was like, I don't want to see this shit. <laughs> and then he ended up loving it too. <laughs> and it, I was pleasant because I didn't really know what it was going to be about in general, except for some possible, it was raunchy comedy, but it was not like, like raunchy comedy, like, you know, scary movie type shit. It was just like yeah. foul mouthed. Right. Had heart. Like it was raunchy, but not raunchy, raunchy. Like it wasn't yeah. like farting and gross yeah, stuff. Yeah, so raunchy was, isn't really the right word, but it yeah. was like, you know. I guess, yeah, more like crass, I guess, yeah. would be the word, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It had heart, which is yeah. the most important part for sure. Teenagers in general are crass. Actually, one thing I will say, this movie, I still, once in a while, will use a line from it. Um, the scene in the movie where Michael Sarah is playing... Um, some game on the PlayStation 2. I think it was like the getaway or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. He, and he dies and he's like, what's the point of playing if you can't even win? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, still, I yeah. still sometimes say that. Like yeah. if I'm playing with somebody and I die, I'll just say that just to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many good quotable lines in that shit. It's yeah. so I love super bad. Um, do you want to go next or do you want me to go next? Uh, I can go next. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So my number five, something we've talked about a lot already, but uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's the best one. Yeah. I know a lot of people like Empire better, but yeah. New Hope's the first one I ever saw. Mm, Probably same. one of the first sci-fi movies I saw. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, New Hope was the first one I saw too. Actually, I saw Return of the Jedi before I saw Empire Strikes Back. Interestingly enough, I don't know, I don't know how that happened. Which I, during quarantine, I did rewatch all of Star Wars movies. Oh, nice! Put <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> my ranking up on my letterbox if you want to check it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. yeah, I have one of those. Yeah, I got a yeah. Yeah, you gotta start putting some ratings up on that myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I started to when I was in quarantine and I just totally ditched it. I don't know why. Um, yeah, New Hope is great. Yeah. I love the ceremony at the end. It makes me smile. You know? <laughs> Han Solo is such a dweeb. It's perfect. Chewbacca doesn't get his medal. No. It's just like, what's up with that? Come on, dude. Now we got to see the sequel. Yeah, right? <laughs> just racist towards Wookiees. Yeah, pretty much. My number five pick is Enter the Dragon. Um, <clears throat> I think pretty much, like most people have either seen it or heard about it. It's Bruce Lee's sort of American studio debut. Um, my dad showed that, showed that to me a long, like, I must have been like nine or 10, I think. 
and uh, it was sort of the, one of the it was one of the first martial arts movies I ever saw, and it was the first Bruce Lee movie I ever saw. And my dad just he really wanted to introduce me to Bruce Lee, and he's like, "You got to see Enter the Dragon. It's just incredible. You got to see this guy." And I'm like, "All right, all right." And um, I think you know when I was a kid, I was sort of smarmy, and I was like, "Oh, it's a '70s movie, like." great whoopee and um but no i i absolutely love that movie though and it's uh it just it has everything you could want in in an action movie and it it's also it also kind of has sort of like an exploitation film type of edge to it as well like it could have only been made in the 70s it just it has that sort of distinct feel and then also bruce lee is such a beast and he's one of my favorite people ever he's one of my heroes i mean i yeah, Enter the Dragon. It's a movie I've I've probably rewatched. Like it's probably the action movie I've watched more times than any other, unless you count the Karate Kid. Um, but that doesn't really count as an action movie, you know. Um, that's more of a sports movie, I guess. You know. Um, but I guess martial arts, though, in a way. I don't know. And uh, I love Karate Kid, but this this Enter the Dragon, I, I that's my favorite. So, nice. Yeah, yeah I. For my list, I consider just putting Jackie Chan as one of them because I can't really pick one of the, my favorite yeah. Jackie Chans. It's hard. And Jackie Chan is all is at, like Bruce Lee's. Or he is one of my movie heroes, mm. just because. I mean, his po- politics aside, like his fucking movies were so good, and yeah. I love his style too. Just the fucking using umbrellas and step ladders, <laughs> weapons and shit, and. The shit he pulls off is just bananas, yeah. and it's all him too. Yeah, I mean, all of it. Like his, all of his movies have like bloopers and outtakes and all that stuff at the ends of them, and you can you can see like him mess up some of these stunts. And I mean, I think during Rumble in the Bronx, or maybe it was the one before that. I forget. One of them, he broke his foot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one where he got super fucked up when he was like, I, I don't remember again which movie it was, but he like yeah. he was in the mall and he like slid down and went through a bunch yeah. of fucking wires and shit. Apparently he got real fucked up during that one. Oh, yeah. And like go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> he like, didn't he like break his neck <laughs> during yeah. the making of like Armor yeah. of God or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> he was, didn't he start out as Bruce Lee's stuntman? He, well, yeah, he was in, um, well he okay so when bruce lee died there was a bunch of movies um that were that had like they were they were called like bruce bloitation movies which uh. basically it was just this horrible idea where bruce lee died and so they would cash in on his success by casting people that looked like bruce lee playing bruce lee type of characters but most of the time it, it wasn't actually bruce lee or if it was it was just stock footage of bruce lee superimposed in over like a different background or something and like just, one of his movies, oh yeah didn't they just straight up have one still named bruce lee but just the lee was spelt differently for yeah guys. Oh, wow. chris li and then um i forget which one of them i think it was um yeah, I, I forget which one. There was there's a literally scene where somebody's like looking in a mirror and Bruce Lee's face is like taped to the mirror. <laughs> like wow. they they actually go that far with it. It's it's pretty bad. But um but to answer your question, uh I think he was the stunt double in in one of his movies um during a scene where he does a palm strike. I mean, he does like a million palm strikes in those movies and he's always killing people. Um 
in, in one of the movies, it, it might have been Enter the Dragon or, or one of them, um, or, or Chinese Connection. He does one of those, and, and the person, I believe, was Jackie Chan, I, I think. Hmm. So um, I should know, but I do know that they had a connection when he might have also he may have also been one of the bruce lee imitators as well you know because i know that at one point like when jackie chan was first starting out like i mean it's it's difficult for asian people to kind of get a whole lot of success and with western audiences yeah um you know bruce lee's kind of a unique case but i know that jackie chan like at one point like in his native land they were kind of propping him up to be the next bruce lee but then he sort of proved that he had a lot more like physical like physicality as far as like comedic timing and stuff and i think that's kind of when you know jackie chan sort of ended up taking off as a as his own sort of individual sort of entity yeah so but uh yeah enter the dragon that's my number five nice all right my number four which again could be my number one even like just because i love this movie and i love I mean, I love Guy Ritchie as well. Mm. It is Snatch. I just and like I love Brad Pitt, <laughs> like <laughs> and just his his performance in that, so good. <laughs> and just I just think it's like like I loved like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was gonna be on the top five. It's an honorable mention I had as well, but yeah. like this one was just a little. I mean, yeah, it's a little more Hollywood, a little more refined. Like Lockstock is great, but like again, there's just the performance of Brad Pitt's amazing, and it's just nice and just I, like I, so good. I just love Snatch a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I love Snatch. I, I I do admit the first time I watched it, I had to kind of rewatch it because like I the plot it's another one of those movies where the plot is really complicated, and if you aren't really like paying attention to the like the beginning of the movie, like in particular, like the first like 10 to 15 minutes. Um, it's really hard to figure out what's going on throughout a good chunk of it because yeah. like there's this whole thing involving this this guy with these pigs and then there's mm-hmm. like the Benicio Del Toro character and this diamond heist and all this other stuff. And um, <clears throat> But yeah, no, and then there's the whole thing with the um, the dog. The dog fighting thing? Or is- <clears throat> um, well, the, like the dog, like oh, he, he like ate, eats the diamond. Eat the diamond, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but um, but Brad Pitt, yeah, like as the um, as the what do, what do they call the pikey or the pikey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you couldn't understand him and shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh wow, yeah. <laughs> that's he, when I turned like it was like oh Brad Pitt's just you know uh, like a Hollywood handsome actor, and then when I watched this, I was like oh no, he has skill. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, Brad Pitt, you're cool in my book now. <laughs> And the ring fighting sequence at the oh, end, yeah, that so Oasis good. song, so excellent. Yeah. And that was a whole other thing, is like him throwing the thing, him supposed to throw it, but doesn't. Yeah. And I love that, just that visual of him getting punched, and then just like him flying through the air, and yeah. he's like fucking leveled out in the air, like a few feet in the air, like, it was a nice little <laughs> shot. I just love yeah. it. I do love like early Guy Ritchie films. Yeah. Like, I was like to before jason statham was popular in america too yeah yes and jason statham like his early films like people don't give him enough credit but he actually was pretty awesome in them like as far as he really nailed the like the gritty tough guy like who's 
has the quirky personality and stuff. He he really like captured something. I feel like with those first two movies, you know. Yeah. I definitely hear what you're saying regarding like Snatch being more of like a refined kind of polished type of movie in comparison to sort of the almost like sepia grittiness of of Lockstock, which sort of takes place like in the London underworld, you know. Yeah. But I also, but I, I think that like Snatch works like really well because of just how freaking crazy ambitious it is. And, yeah, yeah. And how like it's a it's a mobster movie, but like at the and it um yeah like it's a mobster movie and like it follows the rules, but at the same time it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. This is nice. Yeah. And that scene where that one guy like just won't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, That's I just brutal. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> he like so shoots true. him like twelve times. <laughs> so good. Russian. <clears throat> All right. Uh my number four is the original Evil Dead. Mm. There's, there's my one horror movie. Mm, okay. It's a good choice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's my favorite horror franchise, like in general. Yeah. But Evil Dead, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it on our top five horror list already, but it's it's a movie worth echoing, though. I gotta say, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I um, I still have my original DVD of that. I heard that like the upgraded, like the recent upgraded like editions. I guess they take out some of the like some of the like cheap looking things that you like you were obviously goofs i guess like they took some of those out or some, somebody yeah. was telling me about that which i was like uh oh like I kind of look yeah. into that i have yeah. like so many copies of it like every yeah. time i find a new edition that i don't have i pick it up yeah <laughs> anchor bay seems you know hell-bent on re-releasing that movie every two years so yeah, yeah. they just put it out on 4k now gosh <laughs> Evil Dead on 4K. <laughs> I have it. I just haven't watched it yet, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it looks good. Yeah. 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 Evil Dead is great. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's, and yeah, we've also mentioned how, like, the idea behind uh, the making of it's kind of inspirational too, just these college buddies hanging out every weekend making a movie. It's, yeah. So my number four pick, it's probably one neither of you guys, I mean, maybe you've heard of it, but I don't know, most people don't seem to have heard of this one. It's a, this Brazilian movie called Pachote, which was made in the 80s. And it's about um, homeless street kids in Brazil. And it was made, it was filmed using actual homeless street kids by this filmmaker who's no longer with us, Hector Babianco. And um, I just remember seeing that movie like, a while ago and just like maybe like 12 years ago or so and just kind of like being like blown away like i didn't even realize that films like that were even allowed to be made you know and uh it it kind of just explores sort of like what what those slums in particular looked like in the early 80s and yeah i just i it's just one of those movies that really just when i think of movies that like really really stuck with me that one's definitely one that probably stuck with me more than than most do and uh i just i really admire the the intentions behind it and um how they made it just in general 
um, there's just, I've never seen a film quite like it. And uh, also the lead actor, from what I understand, he was killed a few years later. Um, he was shot by the police actually. Damn. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like, like knowing that just, I don't know, kind of gives it a little bit more, which I know is probably not really, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's not really okay for like the death of an actor to affect my feelings or opinions toward a movie. But I don't know, in that case, it really does. Like, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, that's my number four pick. So. Yeah, hadn't heard of that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really branch out into foreign yeah. films too much. I like yeah. South Korean films. Yeah. That's about it. That's about as... Most of the, pretty much all the films on this list, except for Enter the Dragon, technically are foreign films oh, <laughs> damn <laughs> but, yeah, I don't yeah. know. it's because i mostly just watch foreign films these days i don't know why uh, i do still watch like films from america but i don't know foreign films these days just give me more what i'm looking for i guess it's hard to explain i can no i can see yeah. that there's a lot of repeat yeah in american film these days yeah yeah i've been trying to get into more foreign horror like, there's a lot of good stuff on like shutter yeah there is yeah i've been i was actually i was looking through some of the titles and <clears throat> yeah that's i definitely am like looking forward to check because i i have seen a lot of foreign horror films but i haven't seen a lot of more recent ones and i'd like to kind of dive more into those again so anyway so, nice yeah all right we're on the three yeah. Yep. All right. So this one was one of my ones I had to narrow down. Like I'm trying to hit some. I guess when I went through the five, like directors I like. Mm. So I, this is a Wes Anderson, mm -hmm. one of the ones that generally isn't picked by people. Some of it, most like when I look through the like you know the online shit, it's the ones that people say they like the least. But mm. I, it's my favorite because I again resonated with me. The story was the Darling Limited. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like the other choice I had for this one was of course was uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, but like I don't know, a bit yeah. cliche because that's an amazing film. Yeah, and you know maybe a better film, but again we're going with you know our top five favorites of what we liked, and just the Darling Limited was just like nice. Was like I don't know, it had like a nice little heartfelt kind of feel to it. Like it was, I mean, it might not have been as quirky or funny, maybe. Like it's been a while since I've seen it, but like, I liked it a lot from when I when I first saw it. And I was like, oh shit, this is, like I I know it made me cry at one point, I'm sure. Yeah. And like I was like, oh damn, it really resonated with me. Just the whole like plot of who's like them searching for their dads. Like. I don't remember exactly because yeah. it's been such a long time. Angelica but. Houston. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really glad you chose that one because that is definitely a very underrated Wes Anderson movie. And it's, de I get where you're coming from though. It's, it's definitely like more low key, like kind of Wes Anderson in comparison to his other movies. Like yeah. it's more along the lines of like kind of what he was doing with, um, um, or what he did in um, um, uh, Bottle Rocket. Yeah, that's another one of my favorites too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love Ball Rocket as well. My favorites uh, are probably um, well, I, I I really really love Moonrise Kingdom, but uh, um, Darjeeling Limited is my second favorite, and then um, uh, Bottle Rocket. I actually yeah, that that's probably my third favorite. I gotta say because 
I don't know. Every time, every time I rewatch Bottle Rocket, I love it more and more. And there's there's things about that that satisfy me that in ways that films like Rushmore and the Royal Tenenbaums don't. I mean, I, and I love those two films as yeah. well, but those don't quite, there's, there's just a different quality to them, you know? And I, I like the more like intimate feel of like Bottle Rocket. Yeah, yeah. And Darlene was uh, definitely <clears throat> more intimate. Yeah. And it was more tragic too. Like yeah. the Owen Wilson character was really sad. And like, I, the sound, and also the, I'd have to say Darjeeling Limited out of all of his films probably has my favorite soundtrack. Um, I know a lot of people really love the soundtrack to Life Aquatic. Um, and that is a great soundtrack. I've listened to that soundtrack like a dozen times, like without even, like separate from the movie. I, like that, the soundtrack to Life Aquatic is actually uh, the kind of soundtrack that you could like put on, um, like in the background. But in, but having said that, I love, I actually prefer the soundtrack to Darjeeling Limited, just because there's like, there's there's more variety to it. So, yeah. All right. Uh, my number three is Back to the Future Two. <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah. So I love the what their their vision of the future was, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has come and come and gone already, and uh, none of that stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to the Future 2 is charming. I love all three of the Back to the Future movies. Um, my fa- although people are always shocked when I tell them, but when I but my favorite honestly is the third one. And I know that that's like not one that one isn't really as funny as the other two, but I still like that one. Um, just because I'm really into the country western setting. But Back to the Future 2 is great though. Yeah, I love the third one as well. I've actually been on a western kick lately, so I might watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I I have a confession. Never yeah. seen any of them. <laughs> it's you, you'll I've, like them. And I, it was actually the to, like it's on the top of my list when quarantine started. I was like, I'm gonna watch these finally, yeah. but I still haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to watch them. I just no, haven't seen, haven't gotten to it. Maybe hopefully the, hopefully the hype doesn't kill it for you. But they're yeah, great. No. <laughs> yeah. It won't kill it now. Yeah, I yeah. heard they're great and that. Yeah, Michael C. Fo- or not Michael, C. Um, Michael J. Sorry, I was about to say Michael C. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Um, uh, he, yeah, he, he's really, uh, he's really something. I'm gonna say, you know, like those three films. He didn't even have to be in any other movies. If he, if he wanted to, he could have just those three films could have just defined him as an actor, and it would have been just fine. Because he does pretty much everything in throughout the course of those movies. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like he ends up actually having to do a lot of physical stuff. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the Back to the Future films. I've I've watched those um, a couple times. Yeah, I like them. Gotta get on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the time is right. Yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna do it soon. Yeah. yeah. My number three pick. Sometimes people chuckle when I say this one, um, but my number three pick is Grizzly Man, which is the documentary. Oh, that's on the top of my list too. I want to see. I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, I so want to see it. It's a beautiful movie. I mean, it's not, but it is. Like it's it's for those who have never seen it. It's about this gentleman named Timothy Treadwell who, um, 
this basically decide to ditch civilization and move into the Alaskan wilderness um, to live with a bunch of grizzly bears and basically try to kind of attempt to create something of like a nature preserve with them, except it was just him doing it, which is like, first of all, that's really, really not smart because grizzly bears are like the most dangerous animal or not the most dangerous, but they're pretty damn dangerous. Yeah. Like they're not the kind of animals you'd want to like spend time with in the wilderness. It's just not Any something. wild animal is dangerous. Yeah. Like... And um, he was with his girlfriend and they both ended up getting eaten by grizzly, by, by grizzly bears. Um, so, which I guess nobody should really necessarily be surprised by that kind of thing, you know, because anybody who decides to spend time with such a dangerous animals, you know, kind of already risking their life in a pretty big way. But, um, but yeah, so he gets eaten by the grizzly bears and the film, the guy who directed it, Werner Herzog, pretty much just, he spends the whole movie trying to sort of explore the psychology of this guy by examining the, the footage that he shot, which the footage that he shot of the bears is actually pretty remarkable. Um, but um, he also made these like video diaries and, um, you know, like when you like hear about somebody like this on the news, this mysterious oddball who goes into the Alaskan wilderness and gets eaten by bears, you think, oh, what, you know, what was going on there? I wonder. And this film sort of dispels the mystery and, and sort of shows, you know, through his video diaries that it's not really that much of a mystery. The guy was obviously just mentally ill in pretty obviously as pretty severe way. I think he was like an undiagnosed schizophrenic, I want to say. Um, completely off kilter, um, behaviorally, just crazy. You know, you, you look, the, you look at the guy and you hear him talk and he's just, he's insane, uh, you know, and, um, but it's an interesting movie because the filmmaker, um, he, Werner Herzog, he basically just, he draws a lot of parallels between Timothy Treadwell and himself and finds things about him that he can relate to. And it just, it kind of, I don't know. It, it was a movie that really kind of got me, you know, thinking a lot deep, more deeply about sort of just the various misfits of the world and kind of the various sort of hidden struggles that a lot of people have and mm. how those things manifest. Like this guy, you know, his his way of channeling this maniacism is was to flee wilderness, flee you know civilization altogether and live in the wilderness and you know, because he had an inability to relate to other human beings. And I just, I just find that really interesting. So. Yeah, that movie has been like, I, th I would just say my number one want to see that I just haven't gotten around to like, yeah. of a, for a while, for a long time. Like, yeah. I think like it came out in like, like, you were talking about in high school or something, right? Or yeah. Was that, and I've wanted to see it since then, but I just still, for whatever reason, haven't. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah, and my interest has just kept growing too, because yeah. I've heard just just amazing things about it. So just for whatever, I don't. I'm just gonna watch it. Fuck it. I'll yeah. Watch it tonight. <laughs> I mean, it, admittedly, it is. It I can picture it being something of a hard sell because, like. It's playing on, you know, Discovery Channel. It's a movie about some guy going into the wilderness eating, getting eaten by grizzly bears. And it's like, oh, that sounds depressing. Like, why do I want to watch this? And also, like, there's, like, a weird aspect to it, too, that the movie doesn't really touch on, where his girlfriend, you never really see her. You never find out who she is. Like, there's, like, one picture of her, and that's it. But at no point in the movie does it ever, like, go into that side of things. And so, like, I feel like there's, there's some mysterious 
like odd love story at the core of, of this of this this guy's light of this of this story of this guy that has never really been tapped into and explored so there's so there's a mystery to it as well you know it's kind of an unsolvable mystery but it's a mystery I mean, just, hmm. anyway so that's my number three <clears throat> all right my number two then is a Paul Thomas Anderson, PTA, uh, Punch Drunk Love. I love Punch Drunk mm-hmm. Love. Serious Sandler kicking in. I just, I, the, the main reason why I just loved it is because I related so much to his character, like, beat for beat. I was like, oh, this guy's me. <laughs> like, because he was, he grew up, you know, with his mom and sisters, no yeah. real father. For, like, my dad was there. He was a good dad and everything, <laughs> but like, mm my my mom and sisters were definitely more of a presence in my yeah. life and like just the way his interactions with his mom and sisters too just reminded me of how i interact with my mom and sisters i'm just like leave me alone like they yeah. always are bugging me about shit and like <laughs> like they're bugging him about shit and i was just like <laughs> yeah and then just it was just so good and like and the soundtrack too that it just kept like i felt like it kept getting more intense and more mm. high tempo and like just fucking the john bryan score it was just like to like a breaking point and i was just like god damn just got really intense <laughs> yeah i i adore that movie actually again i'm I'm glad you brought that one up because another thing that i watched during the quarantine um I, well i not specifically one thing but i i had a paul thomas anderson marathon where i pretty much just went through all of his movies um, including Hard Eight, which was his first one that pretty much nobody else I know has seen. Um, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, Punch Drunk Love though, excellent movie. And I also I definitely related to it as well because I grew up with a lot of sisters and um, I only saw my dad on the weekends, um, so I was mainly with my mom and, and my sisters were bullying me and picking on me like throughout my whole, they still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, of course I love them, but, yeah. um, but yeah, there was definitely that aspect of, and then also the aspect of like the trepidation he has regarding like this possible relationship and these, this sort of scheme that he has going on regarding the, the, the pudding cups and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautifully written movie. And, yeah. And um, yeah. the directing and everything. I mean, of course it's Paul Thomas Anderson. That guy can direct a movie in his sleep mm-hmm. practically. I, I love him. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely wept openly and hard during that movie too. Yeah. It was very emotional. Yeah. There were a lot of parts in that film that choked me up. Um, and just the sort of brewing intensity, like you say, and how it builds. Yeah. It's, yeah, that movie is a total masterpiece. I love Punch Drunk Love. Probably Adam Sandler. I mean, I, that and like, as far as un, like serious films go, Punch Drunk Love and Uncut Gems, both are excellent performances on his part. Yeah, he's a good know. actor. So um, what he does with Punch Drunk Love, he kind of has to internalize a little bit more, which is interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> we love yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. yeah I, I just, I love, 
Edgar Wright. I don't know why I forgot uh, his name for a second. I love the way <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he directs, like just the quick, yeah. quick cuts and stuff like that. Yep. And yeah. then there's the whole like video game ish style to the movie. Yeah, I actually like really appreciate that because most movies don't get video game stuff right. No. But that one was spot on. Yeah. Got everything right with the video game shit. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. Most of the time when films try to do video game stuff, it comes across as completely hokey. Yeah. And just so out of touch. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And there's just so many little things you pick up each watch, you know, stuff in the background. Yeah. Uh, it's just a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I do love Michael Sarah too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do too. I know people like to make fun of him, but I don't know. I, he's never bothered me. Yeah, I don't know. Also, I got to say, like, um, one of the actors that's in that movie, uh, the Audrey Plaza character. Oh yeah, the one whose voice is getting beeped or whatever. Um, so I recently watched that movie that she was in, Ingrid Goes West. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's good. I recommend it. <laughs> I like her. Yeah. Parks and Rec. She's great in that. Yeah. It's also got Ice Cube's son in it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, my number two is um. My number two is Walkabout, um, which is an Australian movie. And um, it's pretty much this brother and sister and their dad. And they go on a picnic in the Australian outback. And then suddenly their dad goes berserk and tries to kill them. And so they, they go hide from him and then he kills himself. So they're stranded in the middle of the, of the outback. And, um, and, and so basically it's a survival film and for like a good chunk of the movie, they don't really know exactly like what they're doing. They're kind of just, you know, just moving on, like moving and, and just trying to f- fig- like figure out directionally where they are. And of course they get thirsty and all this stuff. And then they encounter this Aborigine who ends up uh, establishing sort of like a, like a, almost like a weird, um, well, not weird, but, it's kind of a like a like a growing kinship uh, and he ends up like because they can't really communicate with him the way they they communicate with each other which is like through like talking to each other in the english language because he doesn't speak english um but the the younger brother ends up uh figuring out like ha- like how he can communicate through him through like hand gestures and stuff like that and so that so it, it's a movie that it's kind of it's about like survival, but it's also about like the power of communication. And then it also has like, it, 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 it was actually shot in the outback. So a lot of the Aborigine characters that show up are, are, are non-actors, um, including the main character. The soundtrack is wicked cool. Um, probably my favorite soundtrack to a movie ever. It's just really hypnotic sounding and kind of repetitive. And, kind of annoying in a weird way, but also kind of not. Like the, I, a few weeks ago, um, I, was, I, was, I put the soundtrack on at work and um, a, some people that came in uh, were like, oh, what's this? Like, this is really interesting. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is the soundtrack to a movie called Walkabout. 
But um, I've, I love that movie. I've seen it so, uh, several times. It's another movie I saw when I was really young. Um, and it, I, I, again, it's really stuck with me. Um, and yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece. So, and I think the guy who directed it, Nicholas Rogue, I think he was the guy who did um, that Don't Look Now movie um, with Donald Sutherland. But anyway, <laughs> no, never heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of it. But yeah. I'll have to add it to the list. Sounds yeah. pretty good. It's really good. Yeah, it and, sounds interesting. Yeah. And another thing that's that's cool about it is that the way it's edited, it's it's sort of edited in almost like a subliminal. Like it, it makes a lot of use of subliminal imagery and subliminal sounds and stuff. And like I've rewatched it several times, and it never feels like the same movie twice. Like it's it's an odd movie. It's it always feels like it's changing. Every time I watch it, it feels like a new movie. And I've just I've never seen a film that's that does that that has that quality. It's weird. Uh. Damn. Well, all right, we're on our number ones now. Yes. <clears throat> all right, my number one is also the number one. I'm pretty sure we I put on for the horror mi- list. Yeah. It is the mist. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> it I mean, it's like it's the movie when people ask me what's your favorite movie, I tell them The Mist. Yeah. That's what I just is a go-to. And it's, you know, directed by Frank Darabont, which, you know, Shawshank almost made the list. Yeah. But he 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 also did, you know, Green Mile and yeah. the first season and a half of season 2 of The Walking Dead, which was the really the best part of the walking dead was like the first yeah. season yeah because after that it kind of slowly grew into a soap opera basically. yeah and like and like well speaking of just quickly on the walking dead like what they had planned for the second season was actually really interesting mm-hmm. it was like because they had that sam with where with whether dude or whatever who's in the mist he yeah. uses a lot of the same actors he, they were going to show how he got the grenade in like like how the fall of atlanta happened and how the grenade actually made it you know how he died with the grenade that uh was it glenn or rick got i forget who got it but that grenade that helped save them at, at yeah. one point in the first season they were going to show the origin of how the, the grenade got there in the fall of atlanta that was his plan for season two but like he got in a fight with AMC and shit. So that never happened, but yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, so. Yeah, but The Mist, Frank Darabont, great director, of course, one of the best. I mean, and then I just love how it's like, it is a horror, but it's, you know, the CG is dated for sure. Even for the time, I thought it was cheesy looking, but like, it's not really about the monsters, right? It's, you know, the whole idea of what happens when society falls and yeah. people just start losing their shit. Like, yeah. so they have that little mini society in the grocery store and yeah. how everyone's just, it shows like little pieces of how everybody like starts losing their shit. Like the religious people start yeah. fucking taking over and like. And then it kind of turns into like almost like a miniature, like the lottery or something. Like, yeah, like they were fucking trying to sacrifice them. Like, yeah. that was scary. Was like, yeah, that was scarier than the monsters. Yeah, actually. yeah, that that lady. What's her name that played? Uh, Marcia. 
Marcia Gay Harden. She's I think. so good. She yeah. was so good in that. Like, yeah. I saw it in theaters with my buddy, and like, spoilers when she dies, we literally, like, we literally stood up and started clapping. We're like, yeah, fuck her. Yeah, fuck her. Just because yeah. it was like, so, like, it wasn't like a bad character, like, badly written, badly acted. It was like one of those good bads, like, oh, yeah. she's a you love to hate her she was like oh yeah. this bitch it was cathartic when it was so when she died, I must fucking say. great yeah like, the, i just remember like getting shot through the bottle the glass of milk just the white and red mix and it was just like fucking yeah beautiful scenery of this dumb bitch dying <laughs> so good. speaking of the cgi um there's a did you know that there's a black and white version I've heard of it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. No. So the CGI actually, like, I mean, yeah, like it's CGI, but it it actually doesn't look as bad when in the black and white version. Like, hmm. it it doesn't look as like, um, like okay, uh, something about like the removal of color, man, it's like somehow manages to make its movements look more realistic. I know that doesn't can, really make any sense. Oh, no, but, I can see it. I yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah, like I can definitely see that because I think like not only did they just not only did they take they desaturate the film, but I think they actually shifted, like they fixed the lighting and shifted the lighting around, and so mm-hmm. like so I I think like some people like consider the black and white version of the film to be kind of like the definitive version. Um, I have the DVD. Is it on, like is it on that? Or? Um, well, it out. might be on one of the because you know how some like dvds and blu-rays come with like multiple editions yeah, and stuff yeah. it might be on like one of the editions or hmm. something or maybe it was just something that was like i'll have to watch the black and white then yeah yeah you, it might be something that'd be worth seeking like and actually i you know i i, I don't know i because i watched the black and white one and i watched the color one and um yeah i i thought that one thing i do remember distinctly was that the cgi didn't look as bad in in the black and white one so yeah like i mean i don't hate going into the like 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 talking about it almost because of the ending Mm. is just so fucking good the ending is (laughs) i i actually really did like the ending it is it is it is the end my favorite ending to any movie ever and that's why i say it's my number one because it's like mind-alteringly good mm-hmm. like not like mind-blowing but like it changed my perspective on how movies could be done mm-hmm. and i was and it is and it's my number one generally because i'm like oh shit i like movies <laughs> like i mean i liked them as a you know something to watch and shit but this was like yeah. oh i might be a movie guy after watching the mist yeah because just of just it was just like fucking sub subverting like i hate the term like subverting your expectations like has been thrown around so much now people but it's it's and it's so shittily done these days but like that is one that you don't that does it perfectly you don't see it fucking coming and it's just devastatingly fucking tragic yeah but so amazing and just like oh my god yeah i just love the ending to that fucking movie it is effective and like fucking even stephen king says the ending to that movie is better than the one he wrote yeah because it was a novella it was a novella i don't know how his novella ended but he said oh yeah no the ending to his movie was way better than mine yeah well with the novella he he went with an ambiguous sort of 
thing. Basically, like what happens is like after the characters like you know leave the 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 place, or, like you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. He pretty much just leaves it open ended. Like yeah, okay. like the question is like whether they survive or not. And you, yeah. He sort of just leaves it off and just kind of because he wanted to establish that it's people that other people need to be afraid of and not so much the right. creatures and or whatever else exists or the mm. biochemical yeah i mean that's what the movie did well is too yeah. is like the create the people are the monsters and mm-hmm. shit and, and they did that really well and they they were able to suitably tie that together with with the ending because yeah. the ending is like a very human sort of it comes about because of some human errors and it's a movie about the futility of being human and yeah, and yeah. Like, do your best but, you know, living with your consequences too just like yeah just devastating consequences yeah. as well like i loved uh, it and it also struck me too because like the the fact that it was like a the main character is like a parental figure yeah was really like that was effective to me as well like mm-hmm. you know because i'm I'm, de- I'm definitely gonna like care about somebody like that yeah and he was a good good parental character too like, yeah definitely cared and did everything in his power to protect his kid yeah yeah best movie excellent choice <laughs> for missed any of you see the series at all Not i yet. couldn't i tried watching the first episode and i was like no that's oh, it's bad then <laughs> yeah i think so i i did try watching the first episode and i did not like it <laughs> just the right. acting in general was like just like no <laughs> i haven't watched it yet i i only watched yeah the the first episode but i was like nope i'm done i don't want to ruin my favorite movie because of this fucking <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah My number one is back to Wes Anderson, uh, Life Aquatic. Oh, yeah. It is great. Yeah. yeah. That it is was, a good movie. Yeah. It was the first Wes Anderson movie I ever saw, and I just I fell in love with his style. Yeah. Yep. I was like, I love his style, yeah. I just love like the melancholy feel of the whole movie. Yeah, me too. It's It's like... It's really, really tragic, but it, it it's still like I still feel comfortable calling it a comedy, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. All of his movies, well, not all of his movies, but a lot of them are like that. Yeah, that melancholy yeah. is great, man. Mm. He hits it nice. Yeah, he's good at that. Very but, effective use of music. Also. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Brazilian uh, take on David Bowie, so mm. good. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was excellent. It was, I mean, and also like. I feel like Bill Murray, you know, it's it's not often when, when actors who were popular like during a particular decade, like the eighties or whatever, or seventies, it's 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 not often that like an actor can like be popular one decade and then somehow manage to actually like regain some sense of popularity, like oh yeah. You know, over a decade later. I mean that's yeah. Yeah. Like so, yeah. It's a great one. Yeah. I'm interested in his upcoming movie, The French Dispatch. Oh yeah, it looks really good. It does. Yeah. I'm always interested in his new movies. Yeah. I love Wes Anderson. I mean, like his 
Yeah, I, 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 I never really know what to expect. I, I, when I saw Grand Budapest Hotel, I, I literally had like absolutely no idea. I, I didn't watch the trailer. I had no clue what the what the movie was about. I, I don't even. I'm not even sure if I saw the poster. Um, I, I just. But yeah, that. Um, I don't know. I feel like his, his movies are definitely like a lot better though when you go in not really knowing anything. Yeah, I think I was the same way for Grand Budapest. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And I think did, I just saw the poster. But yeah. yeah. Didn't I run into you seeing that, Nick? Grand Budapest? I think so. I mean that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> saw it at the nugget, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That's yeah. where I saw it too. Yeah. <sighs> well my number one pick, and um this one I have mentioned uh, I think a couple times before, but uh, my number one pick is the 1988 Dutch horror movie, The Vanishing. Um, yeah, I, that's my, I think that's my favorite movie of all time, honestly. And the reason I love that movie is just because whenever I re-examine it and whenever I, like, I think about what happens in it, I, I could picture myself... M- like okay so you know how in horror movies like when characters make like really bad decisions or make errors that end up resulting in like you know whatever happened like a lot of the times like people will watch a horror movie and it'll be like oh god these idiots you know but with the vanishing i think what what made this movie especially scary to me was the fact that i could picture myself making the kind of mistakes that the main character ends up making in this movie you know and um i know and i usually i don't really talk about what it's what the film is about because i you know i don't want to spoil it but to kind of summarize a little bit this gentleman is with his his um his girlfriend and they i think they're they're kind of having like a little bit of like a vacation type of thing where they're they're driving around and they're they're i think they're trying to get to like a certain location um and they get into this argument on the way there and it's just, there's a lot of tension. And then they stop at a gas station and she goes in to like use the bathroom or something. And, and he falls asleep. And then when he wakes up, like time has passed and she hasn't shown up. Like she never came back into the car and she's just, she's just gone. And so the whole, so then basically the rest of the movie is, is about him trying to, trying to figure out what happened to her and, and, figure out like where she went and it ends up basically like driving him to obsession and and it it affects it it starts affecting like his life like i think he's he's like with this he he has kind of like a new like love interest but it ends up affecting his relationship with her and it it's one of those horror movies that is not really so much about like shocks and scares and stuff and and much more about like tension and suspense and just like just the knots in the stomach kind of thing and uh and the ending is probably like i mean probably my favorite ending ever like kind of like what you say about the mess like it's i don't know sort of like how i feel about the vanishing i just love it yeah I mean, I can see like then draw similar. I've never seen it, but draw similarities because I would like yeah. the main, the father guy in the mist. I would make many of the same decisions, even the last one in the very end. Like, yeah. Well, 
I think a lot of us would. I hate to say it. Yeah, even though it's fucked up, but yeah. like, it might be the best decision you have. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the thing. I love when a horror movie can like put you in a scenario like that where you kind of sort of would question like what you would do if you were in a similar sort of situation. You know, that's kind of when movies like that sort of almost take on a life of their own. You know. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's that. I'd have to say, yeah. Like after thinking about it more and more, I, I, yeah, The Vanishing, I think, is my favorite movie. Nice, yeah. And oh, one movie I was thinking that was reminded me of making the right decisions was The Green Room. Mm. I was like, oh, these this is actually people making smart decisions, but still getting fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing that was horrifying about it is every time they would make a smart decision, the the guys that were, you know, that they were kind of under siege with would end up making an even smarter decision, yep. you know, and somebody would like come up with a clever idea, but then somebody else would introduce heavy artillery or something right. and just totally screw up their idea. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, it is. Yeah. when is something going to work out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys should watch VFW on a side note. If you like Green Room. It's basically green room, but with old guys, old veterans in a bar. Oh, nice. VFW, oh, like, okay. that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think I have the title saved, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, made a mini little list. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, so, um... I don't know how much time like you guys want to just kind of quickly talk about like some honorable mentions or whatever or yeah sure well my favorite movie used to be fargo and i still love that movie and i still watch it like you know every once in a while um but it's not my favorite anymore i like the series too I didn't see all of the series, but the first two seasons were great. Yeah, the series is great. I've seen all three seasons. I love all three of them. I actually like the show more than the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I did like the first season more than the movie. Yeah. 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 Billy Bob Thornton, such a good actor. Yep. You got to see that. Looks pretty good. I just yeah. never got around to seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 good. If you like the movie, it's very much in the same. It has like this, like it really has like the same feel. It's yeah. it's totally different as far as story, but it like they they're aiming for that kind of like tragic humor. Yeah. So. Um, gotta mention Quentin Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs is mm. probably my favorite of his, and then yeah, Django Unchained I loved. Yeah, Tarantino's great. Reservoir Dogs is a masterpiece. And yeah, Pulp Fiction is great too. I think Jackie yeah. Brown is really underrated. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. I've only seen it once. Though, yeah, I've seen all of his other ones like a handful of times. But yeah, Death Proof I I think is pretty underrated. I like yeah. that one a lot. Too. A lot of people hate that one for some reason. Yeah, yeah. it's probably too slow for the first portion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially after. If you watch the double feature, Planet Terror, yeah. they're expecting oh, yeah. something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they should have swapped the order then. Yeah. I got to be honest. I actually kind of like the fact that Death Proof was 
second because it almost sort of functioned as like a breather like because like so like planet terror was so like wild and crazy and off kilter and then you got the trailers and then you got all that other stuff mm. and then it goes the to death proof yeah. <laughs> yeah and then it gets to death proof and then it's a little bit like it's it's not really as crazy and then like it's like okay now like there's stuff going on and I don't know. I I just I kind of like the fact that it was sort of like a calm down, and then yeah. like the big chase scene at the end and all that. Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. So, but um, as far as slow pace, I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like all of Tarantino's movies are slow pace. Well, except for maybe Kill Bill, you know. But like, um, when I think of all of like of his movies, though, like pretty much all of them, even like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like when you think about it, like nothing even really happened in that movie until like the last like. 10 minutes or so yep. yeah and then like hateful eight like no, was, pretty much nothing happened for long one. <laughs> at least an hour hour and a half you know and then they came out with the extended yeah which is like <laughs> oh boy <laughs> do i love tarantino this much mm. I, I love that movie though yeah, yeah it's, it's so beautifully shot it is i like all of his movies i really oh, yeah. do you know even the ones that like people like like I, people sometimes like bring up four rooms once in a while which the first half of that movie isn't so good but the second half which involves like robert rodriguez and quentin tarantino their short films i thought was kind of made up for sort of how sort of clunky the first half of that movie is mm-hmm. i loved uh dust till dawn speaking of the, the yeah. that duo me too yeah. <laughs> so fucking good me too <laughs> And that was Tarantino's best acting by far. <laughs> yes. I yeah. mean. Particularly the scene where he like licks Selma Hayek's feet. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. like, forgot about it. I mean, didn't forget about that, but yeah. yeah. Makes sense. It's almost like he really? wrote that role just for himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. He would too. Yeah, totally. Um, I like you know okay I that well, I think one movie I mentioned on one of the sh- uh, of the episodes was this that movie The Bird People of China which you probably I don't know if you guys remember me mentioning it mentioning it it's this really interesting sort of quiet almost like a dramatic like a, a mush- like very emotional dramatic film that happens to be directed by Takashi Miike um <laughs> interestingly enough but um I think that one might that one I would say would be on my honorable mentions. I, that's a movie I actually really love, and um, yeah, like that one is actually really underappreciated in my opinion. I, I only <laughs> saw it last year, but I love I loved that one. I love Birdman. <laughs> yeah, Birdman is excellent. Yeah, <clears throat> I love long shots. <laughs> yeah, they're so Me much too. fun. Birdman was almost like a like that whole movie was almost like a dance or like a ballet or opera or something really cool how it was done and i love i mean michael keaton is i mean first of all he's my favorite batman (laughs) you know but putting putting that aside though as an as an actor he just he has such a fine mastery of comedic timing but then he also has a uh, he's so good at like emoting as well like in, in a way that feels that, that comes across as like real you know he michael keaton is such a good actor I, he's so un, like i wish i don't know like i feel like he should doesn't does it, like he he doesn't get enough appreciation i feel like maybe maybe i'm wrong but uh, yeah 
he might be coming back as Batman too. Yeah. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, and like they were talking about like they almost filmed something for the Flash movie, like when he time travels. Okay. Oh, yeah. My dad. <laughs> my dad was mentioning something about um, Michael Keaton like playing Batman again or something. You know? Yeah, but that's be, funny about the Flash. <laughs> yeah, you could be doing because did you ever see like that Batman Begins or not Begins Beyond? Oh, Batman Beyond. Oh like yeah, animated. I liked that animated series where it was an old Bruce Wayne teaching I don't know some new kid in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty sweet series. Yeah. Could be that. I think they were talking about making something like that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows what the fuck DC is doing now? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, I like. Uh, I've talked about. I've mentioned it, but I love. I love that movie, Kid with the Bike. Um, Belle de Jour. I like a lot of French films. I mean, I don't know. I have a lot of honorable mentions. Eraserhead, the David Lynch movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just that movie. That. Ugh. I actually think that movie is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's also like pretty weird and nightmarish and creepy, but I. I I don't know. So there's the aspects of it that I kind of find amusing too, though. Like, yeah, like just how annoying that baby is. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like for like a good hour, it's just like it's aggravating, and then it, there does come a point where it actually kind of became really amusing to me. Like, <laughs> um, the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover is another one of my favorite movies. It's just like this English movie, sort of like a political metaphor very like visual um and then like you mentioned like coming of age movies and i have a lot of those on my list too like over the edge mm-hmm. and like out of the blue which is like a dennis hopper movie well it was a movie that he directed it had linda mans in it um like uh, the way way back is a coming of age movie it's a really good yeah. one that was yeah, good yeah that was good yeah sam rockwell's always Hell yeah. excellent um but yeah way way back was beautiful You guys have anything else or mm, no parasite might make my top soon i'd have to give it a few more relaunches yeah I, just, I loved it i only saw it once so far but yeah might might inch up into my favorites <laughs> yeah i'm actually i've actually successfully encouraged like pretty decent amount of people to see that movie now like although of course none of them have watched it yet but the thing, <laughs> you know <laughs> But I think like, I have actually like had conversations with people about it and like without spoiling it. And I think, I don't know. I, I, I think they're interested in it. I mean, they told me that they wanted to see it based on what I said. So they probably want to watch it dubbed though. I know that's, that's the one thing. It's like, nobody likes to read anymore. You know, yeah. it's something that I've just kind of slowly had to kind of come to terms with about just the modern world is that just people really really don't like to read and they'll like literally avoid watching a movie just to avoid reading yeah yep it's just a bummer yeah miss a lot of movies that way yeah yep um what about you do you have any any others that you Uh, kind of mention i always like to mention the void oh yeah i still haven't watched that one yet it's pretty good very underrated horror yeah. In a lot of elements of like the thing. Yeah. Mm. Oh, one movie I really love. Um, 
Oh, and actually, just to follow back on The Void, my dad, um, he, he watched The Void and he recommended it to me as well. So I'm definitely gonna, like, I'm definitely gonna watch that one really soon. Um, you know, I do get to these things eventually. I, like, I, I did eventually get to One Cut of the Dead. So, and and the, void, I, the Void is coming. Um, but uh, one movie I really love is uh, it's a Philip Seymour Hoffman movie, Synecdoche, New York. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. Yeah. It's wild. It is insane. <laughs> and the Charlie Kaufman, who directed it, he also directed that animated movie, Anomalisa, that I, um, I've kind of brought up a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, uh, John Bryan, the guy who did the score for Punch Drunk Love, also did the score for um, Synecdoche, New York, oh, as well. Oh shit, so. that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, and that movie, Synecdoche, New York, is is extremely interesting to rewatch um, because you really do pick up a lot more on 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 more and more of the nuances of what's going on, like thematically and and sort of how the film is sort of representing the passage of time. And and it's another movie that I watched during the quarantine or rewatched during the uh, during the quarantine and and. Uh, there actually there did there did come a point where i had to sort of pause for a minute because there there was a scene where like there's like tanks going down the road and a bunch of people wearing like masks <laughs> and i'm like oh well, god what movie what year did this come out like <laughs> <laughs> shit yeah yeah yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure I could go on, but oh, yeah. I don't feel like Definitely. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Too many. Yeah. Uh, but um, in conclusion, watch more foreign films. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, I'm missing um, out. But also, um, I definitely, uh, yeah, I... I would definitely would have to say, yeah, both The Mist and The Life Aquatic are, are both are excellent movies. Um, actually, pretty much everything you guys brought up were excellent. Um, but I do, I also recommend any of the five that I definitely. As well. yeah. yeah, I wrote them down. I got to add them to the list. I'll watch Grizzly Man in the next few days because it has been something I've been wanting to watch since yeah. high school. So. Oh, it's it's so good. <laughs> it's so so freaking good. And the guy who the narr the guy who directed it, Werner Herzog, he narrates it. And there's nobody else narrates him like him before, like in in anything. He only he can narrate the way he does. There's just, mm. there's a weird dry humor thing going on that he does. But there's also like sort of like a really interesting like like passionate feeling that like that you get just from his just the way he describes these like things like one of his movies i think it was the one where he goes to alaska um like, i don't know he said the funniest thing jeez oh, i don't remember but anyway he he's awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and he also did a voice in the in the boondocks um in the episode where Obama get the, uh, becomes the president, he's uh, he's the narrator in that episode. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, he's in the Mandalorian too. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's busy. He he's he still makes movies. He makes like two or three movies a year. He he just came out with a documentary recently, actually, that I was just reading about called the Family something, and it's about um people in Japan who 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 like. I get this is actually something that happens um uh where they they rent people to um kind of play the role of like somebody who's missed so like somebody who's like dad is missing or their daughter or like somebody who doesn't have a dad or a daughter or something like that like they they hire people to kind of 
or they hire someone to like fill that that role and um it's about like a a family who i guess from what i understand has has rented had like literally rented somebody and actually just to follow up on that another movie i recommend that also was on my honorable mentions was um the Sion Sono that he did this um kind of a quasi sequel to suicide um suicide uh suicide club called uh Noriko's dinner table which sort of explores that subject but it does it in a really amazing way that's actually my favorite film of his and i, I recommend that one Noriko's dinner table so yeah. and um just a lot of like asian films in general i really love so yeah Okay, so we gotta stop now, but otherwise I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> so. going on forever. Just gonna start talking about Bernard Herzog. <laughs> All right, but um, okay. So anyway, until next time, peace out and stay safe. Um, and wear a mask. Yeah, yeah wear, wear those masks. Mask. Yeah, goddamn it. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> All right. Good night. Have a good one. Later. Bye.